Here's another inspiring message from Northside Community Church, Sydney. My name's Ben. Um, I don't know if many of you will know me. I just got reminded earlier that you might recognize me from some videos that were on um, about the gathering. Um, yeah, they're not, they're not the best repre- representation of me. But um, yeah, so I'm involved in the Young Adults Committee and um, been at Northside just over a year. And uh, normally I'm at the evening service, so it's quite early this morning to be waking up, you know, just had a coffee. But I'm really, really excited because I have the opportunity to um, talk about Beyond Northside. And Beyond Northside is just simply our Northside's expression of what we are able to do in the community, both locally, nationally, and also internationally. And it's super valuable for Northside. It's not, not even valuable, it's, it's integral to what we should be doing as a community because when you look at the Bible, there are thousands and thousands of verses, not just from Jesus, but from the start of the Bible right through to the end that talk about poverty and justice and how God has interwoven through that a sense of us being a part of that. And you look at uh, the life of Jesus and how he lived and how he uplifted people constantly. He challenged us to not just be participators, but to be active and actually involved. You look at the, uh, the Old Testament and the, the prophets. Sometimes they didn't mix words when it comes to our actions. You look at Isaiah 1. He's quite harsh uh, when it comes to what Israel was involved in. And so I'm really excited that we get to explore uh, what we're doing in the community and how we can be a part of that conversation. Um, So I would uh, like to welcome up our panelists for today. We've got um, Kate Wilson, Kylie Toombs, James Kennedy, and Warren Bingham. So if you guys can come up, that would be awesome. Thanks, guys. And um, yeah, take a seat wherever. You know, we don't have to be, you know, separate. Oh, thanks. Um, If if you see my phone out, um, I'm not live tweeting or texting my friends or anything. I put some notes on here, um, you know, to save paper and printing and all that. So we're all good. Um, I thought I would um, ask some pretty tough questions to start with, if that's all good. We're going to. No, not the easy ones first. No, going right in. So, um, if you could just introduce yourself and uh, how long you've been involved in your particular ministry. Maybe we could start with Kylie and then move down. Yes, so I'm Kylie and I've been involved with the the Beyond Northside only for about eight or nine months, actually. I started going out to Alexander Campbell House. So, I'm a novice. Yeah. But I'll do my best. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, you guys can share them. Morning. Can share them. Uh, my name's Warren Bingham. Uh, I've been involved with the Heart of Glebe uh, for the last, I think, three years. So uh, not necessarily a formal part of this ministry, but uh, a great pleasure to be part of, uh, part of Heart of Glebe. Um, my name's Kate Wilson, and I've been involved with Caring Beyond for probably five or so years now. Yep. Wow. And James Kennedy. Um, probably helped to start the Northside involvement down in the Glebe community probably five or six years ago. Um, so, yeah, that's my part for today. Yeah. 
and you you just kept the mic there. Sure. You know, the other three can share, but yep. you can keep it. Um, <laughs> it. Means I can butt in any time. Watch out. Um, well, actually, like going back from just you know introducing yourselves, um, I think it's really important to know what we're talking about. And so I suppose uh, James and um, and Kate, for you guys, what what is it that you're involved in? We've got uh, Heart of Glebe and Caring Beyond, but what are they? And I guess what would a typical day of you, your involvement be? Well, the uh, Glebe barbecue that Northside is involved in, it's had a couple of generations of sort of uh, organisation. Um, it first sort of the first involvement with um, Northside was when Harvey Gartrell invited um, people to go to the Hope Street walks down in Woolloomooloo, and I went along to uh, one of those walks and offered some assistance at the end, sort of hoping to bring a lot of um, young adults from Northside to help down in Woolloomooloo. But it was quite highly contested, even just the ability to help. Um, in Woolloomooloo because it's very structured and they have a lot of churches and non-churches helping down there. But they said, oh, look, there's a bunch of guys down in Glebe who are um, sort of helping the community there. There's a big housing estate in Glebe and that butts right up against some quite expensive uh, housing. So it's quite a a difference between... um, sort of communities in Glebe. You've got the housing estate with some big issues right next to, um, I guess, people of quite, uh, who are quite well off. So, yeah, we just... Also, the, the, other, the other part I should mention here is that while Northside, we've got this flashy beyond Northside and <laughs> things like that, at the time, and also part of my approach that I've been convicted about at that time was that you can start your own version of something. Um, that's very challenging to do. Or even as a Christian, you can just assist something that is already operating. Sometimes the things that are already operating might be in real need to just have a little bit of a hand. And even sometimes if those things aren't necessarily Christian things, that we can be Christians, in my case, um, alongside other people in the community. So that was how Glebe kind of, and Northside's involvement in Glebe got started. Um, as for what happens each day? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, basically, we rock up at 9.30. It's very kind of casual. Mm. I'm wearing boots and uh, the worst kind of clothes that I've got. Um, and the barbecue happens at the back of an op shop in the Glebe housing estate. And so um, to start with, we sort of set up the, the um, actual space to be ready for a barbecue that kicks off at about 11 o'clock. Um, and to have community members arrive at 11. And then that was pretty much all we did. We set up the barbecue, do the barbecue at 11, but about a year into doing this, we sort of thought, we've got a bunch of uh, buffy blokes here, um, already daggerly dressed. Why not go and help in the community during the time between the start and the 11 o'clock sort of kick-off of the barbecue? And that sort of really developed into one of the main parts of the of the activity that we're um, doing odd jobs and what we're sometimes referred to as the gardening gang. We're in the backyards doing garden makeovers, uh, which Warren could maybe explain a bit more. But um, then the barbecue kicks off about 11 and the whole thing's wrapped up by about 1.30. This is um, the fourth Saturday of every month. So, cool. Yeah. Right, awesome. Thanks. 
Um, so Kerry and Beyond is the second Saturday of every month. We generally rock up at about 10.30, um, sort of meet in the foyer area and we start chatting to residents. Um, all the residents are basically in there because they can't live in their own homes anymore. Um, they generally sit in the general area and sometimes the TV's on, sometimes it's not. Um, it's generally morning tea time as well, so they're all having a cup of tea. Um, and we do try and bring some like sweet things along or <laughs> something for them to eat as well. Um, and then we just basically start just chatting with the residents in that general um, main area for probably half an hour or so. Half an hour, so. And then, um, yeah, depending on how many people there are coming along, we then go to the rooms and visit people in the rooms. And we have started um, reaching out to the houses as well, but we don't have big numbers at the moment. So we just try and stick to the nursing home part. Mm. Um, majority of the residents don't go to church. They may or may not have a Christian upbringing um, or a Christian background. And, yeah, I just think it's really um, relevant in today's age um, to just, with our ministry, like we minister to the kids down here at church, but also um, to go to where um, these older residents are who generally can't get out of the nursing home and Mm. sort of bring Christ to them. So, um, but we're there for an hour and a half. Yep. And then they all go to lunch at 12. So, yeah. That's Very structured, yep. definitely at 12. Um, yeah, I think just something that you um, mentioned, I think that's super important, is that um, it, it can be an expression that, that you have. Uh, and we look at Glebe Barbecue, which is um, helping out um, in a community that has... Um, like a low socioeconomic group, but then the other side, caring beyond, is is working in aged care and help and supporting people in that that area, and they're vastly different. But at some point, somebody felt a call to actually uh, go into that area, and you know if we you know we can all have that same call and actually try to develop that. So I think it's really valuable. Um, a question for I guess all of you. So one of those two marks is going to have to come down here. Um, is I guess what has most uh, impacted you in, in your time of being involved personally from um, like yeah from from caring beyond or Glebe Barbecue? What's what's been the biggest I guess challenge that you personally have felt from it? Yeah. I guess the biggest challenge for me is to be able to. Um, I love to listen to people, but the hardest part oh, for me is Mike, up, oh, up oh, under your chin. Sorry, a bit closer. <laughs> is actually to be able to to talk to people one on one. Um, I, I love to listen to people, but it is actually harder to engage with people that you haven't met and that do have some degree of um, inability. Perhaps it's a physical inability or it could even be a mental inability. So being able to gauge where they're at and to actually meet them there mm. and to have some sort of a, a meaningful you know, exchange with them, it's, it's really heartening to be able to do that, mm. particularly sometimes when you just literally can't quite understand what they're saying. Mm. Um, I've had some amazing experiences um, with, with uh, people who, uh, you know, have come from such different backgrounds to me. One lovely older lady, for example, who went through the war and she's French and she speaks an, an incredibly um, deep accent and I could barely understand what she was saying but week on week as I've been and spoken to her, I've just developed this lovely um, Understanding of what it was like to, to live through the war in mm. France, and mm. that's not an experience that I would ever be able to, to get anywhere yeah. else. So that's you know it's almost selfish that I get so much from speaking to to these lovely people. It's just mm. incredible. So awesome. yes, that's my little experience. Thanks. Um, I uh, 
My, my father's a retired minister. I was brought up and born in a church, and uh, my role model from him is how he gave back to the community. So, in a sense, for me, Heart of Glebe is an opportunity, is one of a few things that I do that, that allows me to, to be connected to community and, uh, and to give back. And uh, one story uh, that, uh, that James and I experienced with the group from the Heart of Glebe was uh, a lady called... Uh, we uh, were told where she lived, we went to her backyard, we went to the front door and we were knocking for about five minutes and there was absolutely no answer. We were told that she could take some time to get to the door. So we then went to the back of the, uh, the, back of the yard, which was the, the mission for us for the morning, and uh, I climbed the fence to try and see if anybody was actually home because the, the house looked quite derelict, uh, to be perfectly honest. The yard was a junkyard, uh, the back porch was just cluttered with rubbish, and uh, um, anyway, by the time I got to the back door, she'd made it to the front door. <laughs> so my guys then quickly ran down the side of the fence and said, get out of the yard, get out of the yard. So I then impaled myself across the fence uh, to get over the yard. And um, we'd introduced ourselves by then and she then proceeded to say, well, well, that's great, that's fantastic, but who are you? I've not met you before. And we said, well, we're at the back of the fence. Could you let us into the yard and we'll, we'll come and do a clean-up for you? So about five minutes later, she made it to the back gate. She had two crutches and she walked uh, extremely slowly. I would say by age, she could be mid-50s. So uh, very slow on her feet. And she couldn't get her back gate open because the lock had not been used for so many years that it had seized up. So we were trying to work out a way of how we could get permission to get back over on the other side of the fence that she didn't know had already done. (laughs) And uh, with a sense of trust and a sense of, uh, of engagement because our, our role is not to um, barrage their place and turn it into something of house, of, house and garden. It's, it's, it's really about, <laughs> as James said, it's about working in the community. And then if we can, we can engage with uh, the householders and invite them down for the barbecue afterwards. Many of these people don't even come out of their house at all any time of the week. Mm. So it's sometimes their first opportunity to communicate uh, and to be connected to the outside world. So there I was, climbing the fence again, and uh, trying to help her open the lock, which was seized, so we had to literally pry this lock open. And uh, she was very nervous. Um, she was very strict about what things she wanted us to keep, which were all the things we thought we were about to throw out. <laughs> and uh, we discovered furniture and all sorts of things under this greenery of this backyard. It was, it was quite extraordinary. Anyway, about two and a half hours later, the team cleaned up and uh, the yard looked something extraordinary. It was just a totally different place than what it was. Mm. Um, we went back to the, to, the, uh, to the barbecue and we'd invited her to come down and join us. Uh, and it was a couple of, it was probably 10 houses down the street. Most of us had left. Julie and I were, were, were last to leave. I'm usually one of the ones talking the most. You probably figured that one out. <laughs> no. <laughs> And uh, lo and behold, who walks in around the gate, slowly, on two crutches, and in a bag is a bottle of bubbly wine. And she came down to say thank you to all of us for the work that we'd done. And uh, it was just extraordinary. It really was, to me, that was the epitome of the heart of Glebe, Mm. is we went in, we befriended, we we developed trust, uh, we gave back to her, we helped her turn her place into a place that was a haven, not just a heap of abyss. And with her disabilities, with her schedule, whatever it was for that day, she still found time to go back inside the house, to get changed, have a shower, stumble, walk, crawl down to the bottle shop, 
bite of the bottle and then come back to the barbecue. Mm. And we all stayed. We all cracked open. We we're in an op shop. <laughs> There's plenty of glasses in there. We just washed them all. <laughs> we <pulled> them out. <laughs> and we raided the shop and we ended up sitting there and we had a wonderful conversation. Mm. And to me, that, that, is, uh, that is what Heart of Glebe is all about. Awesome. And for you in the ministry and supporting um, and creating that opportunity, it's wonderful to be uh, invited to be part of that, mm. despite where I live, despite where, what community I'm part of. Mm. It truly is uh, it's lovely. Awesome. Thank you. Thanks. What's impacted you most? Um, I might go for it from a different angle. I think mm. so I've been in the ministry like. for five years. And that started off quite differently for me because I started the ministry. I didn't bring my kids along at the time. And there were, like, very different residents. So a lot of them have passed away now. But Kylie started in the ministry nine months ago. And she's just bringing a, um, a breath of fresh air to the ministry. Um, she's just oh. always <laughs> passionate and thinking about what things we can bring next. Very creative. Um, just bringing that just different element to it, which I think both Anthony and I needed to kind of keep the ministry going and just make it different for the residents. Because um, I find at the moment, like I bring my two kids along and basically it's just making sure that they don't trip over the residents and <laughs> they don't oh, move their walkers yeah. away from... <laughs> uh, so basically it's just like, oh my gosh, don't break their legs, don't it's do this, the, don't do that. It's the opposite, Kate. The, the residents adore the children. Yeah. They yeah. The fresh air. <laughs> yeah, so their faces just light up. The residents love seeing they my kids and they get just get so excited. Oh, like they're just... Awesome. Yeah, they always ask ages, and there's one resident in particular who always knits beanies and keeps the toys that Hugo leaves behind, hmm. and like knows birthdays like the back of her hand. Like she's just got an amazing memory. Mm. Um, but I feel like from my perspective, I can't have that conversation with them anymore like I used to. Whereas mm. watching Kylie have that conversation, and so I think each of us bring our different, yeah. um, I guess, skills in a different way. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I think at the moment that's impacted me the most because we sort of can go in now as a collective and mm. sort of bring Christ to them in a way, just different ways, like yeah. different conversation starters and different because mm. I always ask like why we're there, what church we're from, and why we bring hot cross buns or Easter eggs <laughs> and what that means to us. And it's just, um, I think it's just a nice way to show love and show joy to a community who can't really get out mm. of where they're living. Like, it must be a really lonely life. Mm. So. Thanks. Um, what's impacted me, um, I guess, uh, to move from uh, Warren's story, is that um, sometimes, because I organise the thing each time, and so, you know, I do the invites, and then when 9.30 rolls around, I'm sort of trying to engage with all the people. Who have we got today? What gardens have we got to do? And there's a bit of a, a feeling of responsibility, like I need to um, organise and it's for me to do and I've got blah, 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 jobs and lists to tick off. But um, what's really fantastic is sometimes seeing um, when our work or our structure that has been in place helps the community to also um, assist us with what's going on. And there's a couple of men around Glebe who... Um, I'll tell you, they would have major trouble organising a thing themselves. But once something is organised and it's up and running, they're some of the best uh, support that we get. And also their local knowledge of the area and just, I guess, they're coming from a similar place to the people that we're hoping to help. So um, similarly in the op shop, um, 
just seeing all the cogs start to turn on a Saturday morning as people come in to sort of get the the money ready or to get the clothes all in order. So it's it's just fantastic to to see not just the work that James has decided to do, but how a bit of a structure of our team can help the community sort of and look I don't want to sort of imagine that it's just going to be rosy and the community be all, you know, um, self-sufficient and just helping each other, you know, day in and day out. I think there's a lot of sort of chronic social problems, disabilities, uh, mental health issues and gender issues and sexual issues and blah, blah. But um, it's just fantastic that this bit of a structure that we have um, just can assist the community to sort of contribute as well. So Mm. that's fantastic. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah, I think something that I'm really getting from this is that uh, the ministry that we're involved in, it's uh, it's not pretty in the sense of it's not always, uh, you know, like a pretty story of how we're you know involved but it's actually quite gritty and messy and you know sometimes you're climbing on fences but ultimately it comes from a sense of trying to build relationship and from relationship is trust and then from that trust you actually can be in community with those the people that we're around um, and so it's not coming in uh, as something bigger than anyone else it's actually just coming in the opposite uh, where we're able to be a part of it um, yeah I just want to add to that that um, in Glebe and the particular social kind of issues that happen in that space um, and you know some of the people that we're talking about are quite smart and they've been around the block a lot and actually street smart and, you know, quite savvy to organisations that blow in and blow out. Um, So it can take years to open up to some people. So um, it's, it's just to encourage other people as well that... You know, you may not be ticking boxes and getting results straight away, but um, what we have found sort of five or six years in or so is that, um, you know, stories and conversations are happening now that really were not happening when we first started. And the trust that Warren talks about, that was a bit of a transformative one on that day, but quite often you don't see sort of a result, you know, as clearly as that. So, yeah, it takes a bit of uh, persistence, you know, yeah, in yeah. these particular kind of places. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I see that um, in my work at I work at World Vision, and we the way that we work is we would go into a community uh, for fifteen years, but the first two years of that is actually just building that relationship mm. and creating a sense of trust. Mm. Um, and you, you can't you can't do work outside of having that. Um, I guess the question for Kylie and Warren would be. I guess why do you why do you believe that it's important that we should be involved in a ministry like this uh, on a personal level on a corporate level? But um, yeah, what's the what's the heart behind why you chose to do it? I guess for me, the heart behind it was I've just always had an affinity for older people, and it's just something that reaches out to me. And I guess at the end of the day, I do have just that little bit of time because there really is only a little bit of time that you need to put into it. Mm. I mean, admittedly, Kate, you probably agree, maybe going every second week would probably be good because that would develop the relationships a little quicker, a little deeper. Mm. But still, that's really all it takes. It doesn't take that much and it's just such a valuable thing. Mm. I mean, some of these people don't have anyone else Mm. and it's just nice to be able to develop those relationships just to be there. Mm. It's really important. Simply that. (laughs) We all have just that little bit of time 
And you don't even have to have any particular skills. I mean, it's, it's really just being able to be persistent, to be patient, to turn up. Yeah. That's all it takes, just to turn up. Yeah. That's wonderful. You're just there and then God, I suppose, uses us. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, every time is different. You just have to really be waiting on God and just to, to see who's going to want to talk to you today or who's going to be there to talk to you today mm. and where that conversation takes you because sometimes, you know, people will close off and they perhaps won't want to talk. Mm. And you've got to not be able to take that personally. You've just got to keep on going and mm. just keep coming back. So to say making yourself available exactly. is the first easy step. Yep. Yep. And on a regular basis. You just have to keep going. I think yep. that's the important thing. Yeah. Awesome. So. Warren? Uh, for me, I, th- I think it's <clears throat> excuse me. It's it's probably more about uh, balance, um, balance of a number of things that one does in their life. Um, in the context of uh, why do I do this and what's important about doing this, I think it's important for all community to have um, and to provide time in contributing to community. Helping others comes in many forms, uh, in many fashions, in many currencies. Um, one of the beautiful things about uh, the heart of Glebe, for example, is the ability to have face-to-face interaction and to be literally on the ground. I mean, sometimes you're on the fence, but you're on the ground as well. <laughs> um, there's a bit of a theme going on here, but anyway, sorry. Um, but to literally be uh, on the ground with the community, and uh, I think it's a true privilege to be able to, to, uh, to, be able to give back and to help others. Um, and sometimes help can be a conversation. Sometimes it could be pulling out a weed. It could be moving a piece of heavy stuff that's in their backyard that's been blocking that gate that stopped them walking out the backyard for the last six months. Um, but uh, for me, it's it, there is a, a, a true sense of, of obligation and privilege to be able to, mm. to, to give back in many forms. Um, so this is one of, of a number of things that I do. And uh, every time I do it, it just makes me appreciate what life is mm. and uh, the people around and um, I think it's wonderful when you see someone smile when you see someone engage with you when you see someone think about wanting to give back to you because you've done something for them you go into this without any expectations mm. you go into this without <clears throat> anything that you want back in return but when someone makes that little effort it, it, was, a, it was a real tear-jerky moment when she walked in the gate mm. I texted James unfortunately had left by that stage, but uh, when, when just for one example, when she came back in, it was such a moment of of um, Julie, um, who was the uh, the pastor. Um, she uh, she was there to experience it, and she said, "Warren, we've never seen this. Mm. We've never had this in the six or seven years that Harder Glebe has been going." So, it, it it's they they're the reasons why I do mm. it. It's it's yeah. it for me. What is satisfying is to see a smile on her face. Mm. To know that we've done some good um, without any expectation in return. And when, when someone does something like that, just a small effort of a small sign, it's hope, it's, it's gratification, it's appreciation, it's reflection on what we've done and the engagement we had mm. with her. Mm. Just to finish the chapter with Titi, um, we went back uh, four weeks later because it turns out it was also her birthday, which Julie has very cleverly remembers anything. If I tell Julie anything with numbers, she remembers it, which is a real problem for me sometimes when it comes to bank accounts and stuff like that. <laughs> um, but uh, she remembered it was her birthday. So we actually got a card and we all wrote on the card and we, we went up to deliver it. And we had the same experience, knock on the door, five minutes <laughs> later she eventually got to the door. And I suspect it was the first time 
in the day, which was midday by this stage, that someone had wished her happy birthday. Mm. And she was just blown away. So awesome. It's beautiful. Yeah, thanks so much. <clears throat> and just to really quickly wrap up, <clears throat> I guess, um, Kate and, and James, uh, with the ministry that you're involved in, what would be, like, your vision uh, or what would you love to see going forward? Uh, it's quite a, quite a big question, but you know, uh, yeah. What do you what do you want to see going forward as you know, caring beyond and glee? Um, well, yeah, I believe God has no limits, and it would be <laughs> fantastic. Like Kylie said, we go once a month now, but if we can get once a fortnight, I think it would be really good just to build up those relationships and just to give them more exposure to us as a collective, us as a church, to. Um, and be able to go in there at that same time period and be able to actually reach more people. Because at mm-hmm. the moment, we generally just do whoever's in that main room, in the mm-hmm. lounge room, and we try and get to some of the bedrooms, but even to reach out to the people in the little um, houses. Yeah. The self-care. The self-care units, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, just so they, people aren't missing out. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it, as our team grows, I think we'll be able to do that. Awesome. Um, so it's just a matter of growing the ministry. And then also from a creative side, um, which I'm not at all, <laughs> like someone else can bring those skills, um, but just being able to offer them something different in the way of, I know Kylie's been really good with um, just coming up with ideas of what to bring every month. Yeah. But even if we bring things like, um, like a guitar or mm. just being able to offer some sort of different service to engage people mm. in a different way too, I yeah. think that would be... If we could perhaps bring a pet. Pet would be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, you can bring yeah. a pet around to my house anytime. <laughs> yeah. so just being awesome. able to gauge them in, in a different way to yeah. for them, sort of like what these guys have been saying, just to open up and yeah. build stronger relationships and stronger trust. Mm. Um, but I think there's uh, yeah a lot of lot of opportunity there to mm. develop that. Yeah. And James, one last final thought. Oh, um, I got two. I'm sorry, mate. Um, <laughs> oh, the first no. one is basically, gee, it'd be great if in Glebe we could just get some synergy between, say, what we're doing in like in the missional context with, say, um, government services. You know, like housing, for example. If if there could be lines of communication that when we find something, notice something that is a bit more of the spiritual or whatever, um, that we could tap into government services. So mm. that's one thing. I just want to pick up on what Susan Browning said this morning, though, about worship. You know that term, worship? I've had a problem with that word in the past because, like <laughs> Susan was hinting at, it's quite often misused. Mm. But what she said was that worship isn't singing up on the stage. Yeah. It's not particularly musical or uh, the words or anything like that. Worship's for all the time. And one example of that is up on the stage. Mm. And it's very similar with serving other people. You know, I think it's God calling that on me. Mm. But he's not calling it on me when I put on the hat and I go over to Glebe. Mm. Um, He's calling that upon me all the time. Mm. But the thing is, like I'm a muso and I know all about practising. The 10,000 hours and even how your chops can fall away and you need to keep these things up. So the idea that I want to express to everyone here is that... What we do in Glebe is sort of once a month, one Saturday a month, um, and we've got boxes to tick for Glebe and all the things we've just been mentioning for Glebe, Glebe, Glebe. But it's really like an example. It's just one example that we can use to sort of practice in ourselves about serving other people, which might be, heaven forbid, all the time. And, you know, I walk down through the tunnel from Central Station to the ABC 
And there's a lot of people along the way that I would see that need help. And, you know, I've got the tunnel vision, I'm heading down to work, and then on the way home, I'm heading back to bath my child. And you can really put the blinkers on, but if I wasn't practising, say, once a month, how to listen to people, how to communicate with people, being open to their needs, mm. um, I'm, you know, you maybe wouldn't be as practised mm. for those other times in the week and the month. And I think in Sydney it's very easy for us to roll with this sort of social thing, mm. which is to look after number one. Mm. But um, if we're not practising, <coughs> like a muso needs to practise or their mm. chops fall away, um, if we're not practising how to do that, well, it um, isn't probably going to come as naturally when the time mm. and the big opportunities do sort of come. Mm. So yeah. that's one thing. It's not just Glebe or all these p- particular examples. They are just a stepping stone to all the time. And I think maybe it also picks up on what Sam has been saying recently about the 400 ministers, is that it? 400 neighbourhood missionaries. Correct. Yeah, yeah that idea that um, it's just not the banner of the organisation, it's all the individuals in it and what they do for the rest of the week. Mm. So anyway. Yeah. No, thank you so much. And um, I just re- I wanted to end uh, with a scripture because I think it's so valuable to exactly what you, you're picking up on. It's um, Matthew 25, uh, 42 to 45. I'm sure we've, most of us have heard it before, but it says, For I was hungry and you gave me nothing to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger and you did not invite me in. I needed clothes and you did not clothe me. I was sick and in prison and you did not look after me. They will also answer, Lord, When did we see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or needing clothes or sick or in prison and did not help you? He will reply, truly I tell you, whatever you did not do for the least of these, you did not do for me. And I think um, that just p- sums up the, the idea that um, th- this, is, this should be like for us a mindset thing. And it starts small. It's not, it's not necessarily, you know, we would love for it to get to 24-7. Our minds are focused on how we can be um, helping people in the community. But it could just start with making yourself available for one of these things. It might be something that you uh, have imprinted on, on something that you're feeling passionate about, that you actually can take that step to be involved. Uh, because the reality is Christ is calling us to be available to help those in need. And so, um, yeah, just, can, we, can we just give a clap for these guys to say thanks? Well, thanks for tuning in. If you'd like to find out more about Northside, visit northsidechurch.org.au.